Welcome to The Thrive Show, where we offer you practical advice that can be implemented into your daily spiritual lives to help you build a thriving home in a thriving sphere. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Thrive Show. I am Brandon. I am joined with my wonderful wife. What's your name? Sarah. Her her name's Sarah. I didn't forget. I was just trying to let her say her name, you know, uh, introducing people for themselves. Uh, So we're going to be talking about basically two ingredients that lead to emotional intimacy in marriage and which if you have emotional intimacy, you are setting yourself up for a thriving marriage. Um, And basically what we're going to be talking about are like a one major thing, but with another thing that needs to be added to it in order for it to be really good Mm -hmm. in marriage. So like lifestyle website, uh, there was a, there was a website that, that pulled a hundred different mental health counselors, professionals, and they asked them like, what are the most common factors that lead to divorce? And the number one thing that they pointed to, these are people who work with marriages who are struggling and, and marriages that are on the brink of divorce or dealing with divorce in the moment. Um, they pointed to 65% of them pointed to communication problems as a factor or one of the, like the, the biggest factor. And then the second is resolving conflict, their inability to do so. Which really which, goes hand in hand. Yeah. So like it's both communication because if you don't have, if you don't communicate, it leads to some just very unfortunate situations in a marriage. You got two people trying to live one life together. Like we got separate lives, but it's also all intertwined. Mm-hmm. So a lack of communication leads to some things. So uh, one of the things that it can lead to is money problems. Now that sounds may, maybe just like, well, that's out of left field, but um, it can lead to money problems if well, you have a lack of communication. Sometimes you just say the word money and it creates a problem just because of like what you bring to the table, how your experience was growing up, what you saw in your parents. And then now you're trying to join in a marriage and trying to partnership with somebody who has a total different upbringing and experience with money. And so the way that you bring that about, not just your experience and your baggage, but also the, the way that you're bent on, whether you're a saver or a spender or whether you, um, budget or you don't. And like the, the goals and the values that you place your money into, I mean, you're basically having to navigate this road and trying to figure out how do we come together so that way it actually can go in a direction that we both feel like we're okay with. Yeah, like money is is a challenge in any any marriage because it's a big deal. And we we do premarital counseling a lot, some some marriage counseling as well. And what is always the case is that the the two couple or the two spouses are opposite. Um, they are opposite in the way they think about money and the way they interact with money and the way they value it and look at it as like, what is its purpose? So it's always, if you don't have communication about those things, if you don't talk about money, which many of us grew up in homes that didn't talk about money or didn't allow the kids into the conversation about money, then we never have it modeled for us. And then that can lead to us just assuming um, things. So it can lead to money problems. Another thing that it can do is, is it can make each of the spouses or one become emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? With, okay, so like without communicating, making them distant? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're not communicating, then you're not having that connection with your spouse because there's like 
communication is the, the bridge from one spouse to the other. That's a way that you can build trust. That's a way that you can build experiences. That's a way that you can actually let the other into your world. Because if I don't communicate what my day was like or what's going on or how I'm feeling, how can Brandon know what's going on in my world? So that way there's this disconnect. And I have to communicate that because he's not a mind reader. He's not psychic. He can't just automatically know what's going on in my world and vice versa. And so if, and if you don't have open lines of communication, then you can't, the trust and the, that respect is, is harmed because then you don't feel like you can communicate or you don't know really what's going on in your spouse. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times we fill in the narrative. We fill in the gaps of what we assume is going on, or we assume that they're experiencing, or they don't do something we expected. And so then we assume it's by ill will. And so like, just without communicating, you just, you're automatically distancing yourself because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, think about it in any relationship in our lives, right? The way we build trust is through communication, through shared experiences. And if we have a relationship that lacks communication, then that means we're projecting everything that's inside of us into the relationship. And oftentimes that's not positive stuff. We're not projecting low, like choosing trust that things are fine. A lot of times it's just filling in the gap. Uh, another thing is it, it can lead to, um, your sex life suffering yeah. if you lack communication. And I know another thing that feels like out of left field, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, cause like, just like we were saying, like if you don't have that trust and that connection with communication, you're not going to feel as close and a, like sexual time is time where you should feel close and it goes a step farther, you know, with the physical act of actually doing that. And so if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel respected, if you don't feel close, it's really hard to enjoy that area of your life. Yeah. Because communication is the vehicle where vulnerability can be shared. And if you don't have vulnerability, you don't have intimacy. And if you don't have intimacy, then you don't, you lack trust. And then when it comes to sex, that is a very vulnerable uh, experience, right? Like you're, you're, you're one with each other in the most intimate way. And if that is lacking, if communication's not there, then that's going to affect things. What I say, and I've heard other people say this, I don't know where the source is. Okay. So, so don't make it out to be like Brandon thinks he came up with that. Cause I don't, but in a marriage, and I believe this is true. Communication is the thermostat, right? It's what, it's what, makes it go whatever temperature you want it to go. And then the bedroom, your sex life is the thermometer. And what that means is like, if, if things are a disconnect there, then it's probably not because of sex, but because of something else. Yeah, and sure. usually it's because of communication or a lack thereof. Yeah. High communication leads to the possibility for intimacy. And without that, you have a very small um, opportunity for any kind of intimacy to be had. Really, it's just impossible. Um, so communication issues come about, and it's not just that it results in divorce, but it can lead to a lower satisfaction in marriage. So what we're going to do in the rest of our time together is share two things that are really vital for a thriving marriage and to to gain more emotional intimacy. So if, if you and your spouse, if you feel like, okay, things are good, great then if you dial these things up, things can be even better. If you feel like, man, we're really struggling in some areas, then what we're gonna show you, maybe we'll help you diagnose where the issues are so that you can work on that. Um, So wherever you are on the spectrum of satisfaction with your marriage, 
I believe there's something for all of us to take from what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Ta-da! All right, so what I want to take us through is a matrix for emotional intimacy. Guys, if you're watching this, uh, or if your wife put this in front of your face to watch, um, understand emotional intimacy is not a, like a little uh, girly word or girly phrase. Like you want this in your marriage. If you're married, you want this, okay? Ladies, I already know you know that you want this. Um, so what we're gonna do is go through what this means is a combination of communication and care. Because communication is not, not the only thing you need. And there's more than this, but if you have high communication and high care, then that is gonna be a beautiful situation. Where you start to get just off track is when one of these or both are low. So we're gonna go through this emotional intimacy matrix and hopefully what this serves as is a diagnostic tool. And then we're gonna give you some practical things at the end where you can level up either care or communication in your marriage. So it's really important that we are honest with ourselves and with our spouse on where we see our marriage being. Because one of you could feel like, oh wow, like we are high communication, high care, it's awesome. And the other person could feel like, well, I feel like we have high communication, but I don't feel a lot of care in, in the marriage. So it's important I mean, that we get honest. Communication is important. And obviously we already talked about that, but like, it's not just a matter of do you communicate, but it's how, how you communicate. And like, you can care, but if your communication is not showing that care, then that you may think you're in one area, but really like, as mm -hmm. we kind of dive into it may not always be, and we always have room for improvement and to grow. Yeah. Okay. So we'll leave this one for the end, but let's, uh, let's go with the, the low, like the, the low part, low communication, low care. I'm going to write and hopefully you all can read what I'm writing. That would be great. Good luck. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, Sarah, what would it look like for a marriage to have low communication, low care? I mean, I think at that point, you're basically at the point where you're you've got nothing left. I think that's when you kind of, you're, you've been walled up, you stonewall one another, yeah. you just stop communicating. And at the same time, it's not just that you stop communicating and you're like hurt and all that, but you just kind of have gone numb. It's at the point where you just have nothing left to give. It's the point where you have no desire to communicate anything anymore. The, the gap between you and your spouse has grown significantly. And there's just like this growing level of apathy with it that goes along with it. Yeah, and usually this is like a low fade. It, it usually doesn't start here, but this is when we start to be worried about divorce. Yeah. Sometimes I think it, it sneaks up on you and it's not really, not usually an intentional place that you fall into. It's just like over time things that are unaddressed or things that continue that you don't actually work through, you mm -hmm. can easily land here. So I'd say like if you sense that you're here, the best thing you can do is to get very honest about this and you probably, no, not probably, you need to go and get some counseling, some, uh, some professional help for your marriage. That's not um, anything to be ashamed about, but if you are, are here, but you want to be here, 
then, then it's going to take some work because there's a lot of layers and things that you need to untangle to get, to get past it because it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be fixed overnight. Right. Um, guys, this is not the three point plan that we've got that we can just fix it and everything's gonna be fine tomorrow. That's not how this works. So, okay. That's low communication, low care. Let's look at high communication, uh, low care. What, what does that look like? I would say high communication, low care would be like where you're just fighting all the time. Like you're, you're dying on way too many hills. Like there's too many things that just make you just like just blow up or just constantly just nitpick or, um, or maybe on the other side too, where you're just talking about yourself way more, or you're more concerned about what's going on in your life, or you're more concerned about how things affect you rather than your spouse. And so things are very highly talked about or loudly talked about but you're not really worried about how it's affecting your spouse. So it's not that you don't communicate, but it's that maybe it's a little explosive. Maybe it feels as though you're, you're in this on your own. And it's not that you don't talk about it, but it just means that when you talk about it, it doesn't stay low volume. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it escalates and it feels probably like you're not on the same page or not even on the same chapter because you're voicing what you want or what you need, um, but there's not a lot of care between the two of you, so then that means it doesn't feel like it's received. Mm -hmm. uh, so that leads to fighting, dying on too many hills, selfishness, nitpicking, and so if that's where you are, then obviously you've, you know that you communicate, you don't communicate very well, and that's not because you aren't able to, it's just a matter of the care, the love, not being there. And it's not that, um, it's not like you, oh, I love my spouse. Yes, you love your spouse, but you're not showing it in a way that they're receiving it. Or you're not offering grace. Yeah. And you know, you're having, a lot of times I would say you have too high of expectations or even maybe, even though you communicate a lot, maybe you're not voicing those expectations. And so you're holding your spouse to a higher standard than that they can't really meet up to. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. And I think sometimes too, like with communication, there are times where it, it's a loving and caring thing to do to not communicate in a moment. Like for instance, if you process things differently than your spouse does, if you're a slower processor than your spouse is, then like if my husband, which is not the case, but if Brandon was slow at processing and he needed to work through things and I just come in like a bull in a china shop and so I just like- this is opposite? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. But if, if that were the case and I just constantly railed him and I didn't give him enough space to kind of process things, then I wouldn't be handling things in, in care. I may be trying to communicate and trying to communicate very aggressively, but I wouldn't be caring for him in the way that he needs to clearly, approach. Yeah. Very clearly. You were communicating clearly. Yeah. And, and, and concisely. Yeah. That's what you were doing. Not okay. aggressively. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's trying to, you know, again, flip this on how he handles things. But, but yeah, if, if there's not care, then that means there's not a lot of concern about the other. I do want to say real quick, what I'm not saying is that doesn't mean that you should think of certain things as it's off the table to talk about. I'm just Correct. saying that there may be times where a little bit more time is necessary or, and or I guess like with the, the too many hills, like, is it really a big deal? Like, let's say he's constantly leaving cups next to the sink rather than in the sink. You can talk about it. You can choose to be upset about that. But if that's something to where it's like, you're going to constantly nitpick about it in the grand scheme of things, is it really that big of a deal? 
And so that thing may not be worth the communication. Um, you can try and then just allow him to be who he's going to be or, you know, her. But that doesn't mean like, oh, finances is hard or sex is hard to talk about. So we're just not going to talk about it. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But usually there are things, topics, especially for this area where there are topics that are off the table. This is probably still topics off the table because there's a lack of care. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh man, like that just feels like it's going to be a fight and, and all that. Okay, so let's let's go here. Low communication, but high care. So there's, we care, we really want, you know, we want to think about the other person, but we're not communicating. So what does that look like? I would say that is where like your, the false sense of peace comes into play. Like where you don't yeah. communicate because you're afraid to offend or hurt the other person's feelings, or you know, it may be a triggering topic. And so you just choose to avoid it um, because you, you care. You don't want to upset your spouse. You don't want them to be um, in a bad place, or you don't want this to be a fight between two of you, so you just choose not to communicate about it. Um, but it's false peace. It's not an actual peace. And then actually, by not communicating, you're creating that gap between the two of you. You're you're limiting the amount of intimacy you actually can have with one another. Yeah, um, so like usually no fighting, right? Yeah, no, no fight. or little. Or when the fight starts, it's like snuffed out immediately rather than working through the debate or through the mm -hmm. argument and actually working through all those things. Yeah, if, if you say, oh, me and my spouse don't fight. Okay. Red flag. I, I, it's not that you have to be loud or anything, but if you don't have disagreements, then that means you're probably not communicating. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say too, so if you have a, a feeling of, if I communicate my needs or my wants or my desires, and it feels selfish to do that. I think that's where people would line here. It's like, I don't want to focus on me so much. So I'm just not going to share what I would like in a situation. And so it's like a, a, another false sense of selfishness. Like you, you think you're being selfish by communicating how you feel or what you would like. And, you know, you think that you're putting too much focus on yourself. But every single person has needs. Every person has desires and wants. And the person you should be able to communicate that to the most should be your spouse. Like there should be that mutual respect and comfort and security to where you can be vulnerable and talk about those things and knowing that your spouse actually cares. Right. And because if you don't, then one other person, the other side is running the show. Like it's mm -hmm. always what they want. It's always where they want to do. It's always how they want to handle something rather than what marriage should be, which is that compromise, that where you're bringing two people, two lives together and you find what works for the two of you. Because I mean, we're all made in, in the image of God. I'm not the only person who's made in the image of God. Brandon's not the only person made in the image of God. Us together, when we can work through things and understand how we're different, not just similar, we get a clearer picture of the way God designed people and mm -hmm. marriage. And so if we don't communicate about those things and bring our side to the table, we're really limiting the beauty of what can be. Yeah. So not sharing needs or desires. Like usually there's one spouse who's more apt to vocalize things, to be outwardly processing, right? But for those of you who are quieter or maybe like you you really do care and you struggle to communicate, I, I just want to give you permission. Like you have needs and you have desires and you shouldn't feel bad about that. It is right and good and necessary to share what those are with your spouse in whatever situation it is. Because if you lack communication, but you do have care, that, that you're robbing your, your, each other, your marriage, of a beautiful compromise, mm -hmm. right? Where each of you come together, 
and are able to work through whatever situation you're facing. And then the other thing is usually the, the quieter one, um, the one who's, again, more internally processing, can, can take on like a martyr syndrome, not that they intend to, but it's like, I just wanna make them happy, so I'm not gonna voice what I think or what I want. So it's kind of like this, but it's it gives a little bit of a different picture of it. Um, and when that lasts too long, it leads to bitterness. Mm -hmm. it, and that lowers the care level, and then you end up here. I look at this, this square also with a lot of fear. Like I feel like there's yeah. fear drives it more than trust because you're afraid to offend your spouse. You're afraid to be vulnerable maybe. You're afraid to be too selfish or you're afraid to have the light shine on you too much. I think mm -hmm. like that's that's not where the care and love is really shining strong, but I think it's more of like, I don't wanna go there. And then when you have that as like the bedrock of your marriage, you, you don't have that security and that trust that you should mm -hmm. have. Yeah, okay, so the let's let's go up here so here let's let's talk about the beautiful picture when high communication and high care are present within a marriage what does that lead to two things right well you have intimacy <laughs> you trust. have trust fun like you're able to be more yourself in a more free way because you you don't feel like if I vocalize this or if I'm acting in a certain way that I'm going to be judged for it or mm -hmm. I'm going to be attacked for it. There's that that communication where you feel like I can be fully me and be accepted for being mm -hmm. fully me. And then when you have that on both sides, you just have more fun. I yeah. mean, you have more opportunities to be spontaneous and to, I mean, a better sex life, like, you know, because you're feeling closer. And then not only are you feeling closer that would lead to just more comfort in the bedroom, but also you're communicating about what actually goes on in the bedroom so you can enhance the experience as well. It's okay sure. to talk about, hey, I like this. Hey, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Hey, can we do this more? Hey, I, let's not do that. Uh, whatever that is. Um, and it, it leads to fortitude together. Because when you go through hard times, which you will, right? You know that when you care about each other and when you communicate to each other through that difficulty, then you will be set up to be able to press through mm -hmm. because we will face hard times. Things will change, right? We will go through job changes or lifestyle changes or the kids will get older or you will have kids or you won't be able to have kids or body changes or body changes <laughs> right like as you get older just things change and if you have communication and care and you operate where nothing's off the table to talk about um, and you approach it in a way where i'm not just thinking about what is on my mind but i'm also thinking about what's on her mind and in her heart and that leads to a beautiful thing it, so. it leads to the the opportunity, if you're not already already there, to actually be best friends with your spouse. You're not just roommates. You're not just passing ships that happen to live in the same house. You're not just people who tolerate each other or have separate lives where you just sort of introduce little parts together. But it's literally the, we like each other. We know yeah. what to do when we have free time together. We have times where 
through the challenges that life brings, we're actually drawn closer together because we can lean on each other when one person's struggling more, the other can encourage and uplift mm -hmm. and then vice versa. And so you actually become best friends. You don't just become strangers who are just happen to be doing life together. Because yep. when I'm struggling, I share it, I communicate mm -hmm. it. When yeah. you're struggling, you share it, you communicate it. And then the, because there's care, there's the ability to press through and to encourage and spur one another on. Um, okay, so let's say for, for those of you watching or listening to this, um, you recognize, okay, we're doing really well, maybe on both of these things, keep pressing into it, and keep exploring you can be here, but you still have right. I mean, until you, if you're still breathing, there is more, more abundance growth. and more thriving that you can do. Yeah. Um, but maybe you say, okay, we need to work on communication or we need to work on care. We've got just a couple of real practical things where you can level up your communication and level up your care. So if you're looking at this matrix and you you see that where you're lacking is maybe in the communication, where you're a little bit more on the lower end of the scale, like Brandon, what would you say? What would, what advice would you give couples? So just a very practical thing you can do is just share something that you've never shared before with your spouse. This is, this is okay when there's high care, low communication, okay? Um, so what is something that you've never shared before? It could be, it could be small, funny, yeah. silly, You're or like, serious. Like, do you remember, I don't think I've ever told you what I did when I was six years old and blah, blah, blah. Like it could be yeah. as simple as If you're as like, like Sarah, and you can remember that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, share something that you've never shared before. It could be serious or silly. It doesn't matter. Or, or, and, or, um, decide like spend some time in reflection what is it in our marriage that's off the table what's the topic and then choose to talk about that mm -hmm. like maybe you've never talked about money talk about it maybe you've never talked about sex talk about it maybe you've never talked about uh, a vacation like because you don't ever go talk about it whatever it is big uh, or small and i would say like Think about it before you just start talking and yes. give yourself grace. Because if this is something that you are not used to talking about with your spouse, mm -hmm. then start small and work your way up. Don't go and be like, all right, we're going to spend the next five hours talking about this topic. And I have all this research or I have all this like, you know, you may shell shock yourself. Don't bring a big three ring binder oh, no. filled with like research or and, something. Well, and don't get discouraged if the conversation is a little tense or a little yeah. awkward or something because you're, you're practicing and you're flexing a muscle that you haven't really yeah. been using. And so start small, start the conversation. The more you do it, the easier it can be. And yeah. especially if you're handling it with care. And uh, guys, Make sure you're attentive to the environment, right? When you bring it up, maybe go on a date and do it. Maybe not like when the kids are crazy, if you have kids at home or when she's stressed or when you're about to go to sleep, you know, like. Or, hey, we're pick, trying to get ready. Spot. We're trying to get ready for school and I'm trying to get kids going. And it's like, this is the time we're going to sit down right, and have yeah. a serious conversation. Yeah, probably not. not. So pick your spot. So, okay, but if you look at this and, and they're thinking, okay, we need to level up care. Sarah, what can they do with leveling up care? Okay, well, first of all, if you're here, just as we said before, counseling. Like that is something to where you may not be directly handling something face-to-face -face with your spouse. You could be, but that might be something to where you have to kind of work on you a little bit because figure out why have you gone numb? Why have you given up? And that can be something to where 
indirectly, you're still showing your spouse, I care about you and I want to go seek help because I don't know how to get out of this hole that well, I'm in. Yeah, that, that could be as a couple or individually. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so like, and that could be either individual or counseling both. or marriage counseling to where you're getting someone else who has experience and all to speak into your marriage to help you navigate some of the things and that doing both brought would you there. Be good. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if you've gotten to the point where you're, you're low care, you married your spouse for a reason. Choose to remember why, like start a journal and write down like three things, three reasons why you fell in love with your spouse, why you married your spouse, why, if your spouse proposed to you, why you said yes, because those reasons, even though you may have forgotten about them or you don't really feel them as much, they're still there or they can still be there. And you know, even though you evolve over time and you change and your spouse changes, you're still at the root of it for the most part, still your same selves, hopefully a better version of yourself as we grow mm -hmm. and evolve. But like, I, I think remembering those things because what we focus on is what we see. So yeah. if we're always seeing the areas where they're not measuring up or they're not meeting a certain expectation that I have either vocalized or not, that's what I'm going to notice every time they mess up. And if I'm criti critiquing them all the time, then that's, I'm going to see more opportunities to critique versus flipping things around. As long as you're breathing, there is good and positive are all around you. What we self-talk to ourselves matters as well as what we, we speak to our spouse and about our spouse and the way that we frame and mm -hmm. the filter in which we view them. And so if we want to have a more caring marriage, we need to have more caring dialogue, more caring yeah. attributes and more caring descriptions on how we view our spouse. And even if that means I can't see any right now, then go back to when you did feel a little mm -hmm. bit more warm toward your spouse and start jotting those down and then maybe continue the journal. Each day, choose one thing, one positive thing that you can see in your spouse. And, and bonus points, if you can actually verbalize that to your spouse. Yeah. Thank you for picking up that cup. Thank you for picking up your shoes or thank you for picking up the kids or whatever it would be. I know everything I said is picking up, but there's more things than just that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Putting just down verbalize. the, the yeah, dirty laundry <laughs> in the laundry basket. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just... Finding ways to see the good. And the more you do that, the more you're actually reprogramming your brain to see more mm -hmm. good and to care more. Yeah, that's legit brain science. Mm -hmm. What you focus on is what you notice more of. Like if you start thinking, I'm going to focus on the positives, you're going to start noticing more positives. And what oftentimes happens when there is low care is that things are communicated to friends about the negatives of the spouse. And we wanna flip that and, and, and start making sure that we're communicating positives to ourselves about our spouse. And then also then just stopping the whole gossip thing with friends. If you lean into emotional intimacy more with, with friends than you do with your spouse about your spouse, that's not a good place to be. Well, so, that can even lead, especially if it's like an opposite sex person, friend that you're sharing that with, mm -hmm. that can lead to emotional affairs, not just right. physical affairs. And so like you definitely, the place that you want to have that level of intimacy and closeness should be within the home, within yeah. your spouse. So um, that's, that's where we want to stay. Like figure out where you are in this and then make some, some action steps to actually grow to level up in communication or care and this would be awesome if you and your spouse did this together now we want to just preview how this leads to not just emotional intimacy but physical intimacy uh, i think we're going to do a part two of this because when you have high communication and high care 
that doesn't just affect your emotional intimacy, it affects your physical intimacy where it's mutually satisfying and good in terms of your sex life with your spouse. When you're down here, that can be like duty sex where it's just like we do it just because we feel like we have to. A lot of times this goes to either like the holiday schedule in terms of uh, when you engage together or maybe never or very, very infrequent. And up here, it can also be duty sex. It can be uh, selfish sex where you're not really caring about the other person um, and, and how they experience it. So we'll talk more about this, I think, in a part two. Um, so be watching for that. But hope and pray that this was helpful to you and your spouse. And um, yeah, we, we want you to thrive in your marriage. So hopefully this helps. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Thrive Show. Our vision at the First Church of Christ is to build thriving homes and thriving spheres. And that can only happen with a thriving relationship with our God. Now, if you want a fun and interactive way to get your household thriving in all those areas, you're definitely going to want to check out this new game that we've created. It's called the Thrive Deck, and it's available now. To play the game, simply draw a card from the deck once a week and do whatever the challenge says. If the challenge doesn't apply to your household, do the option instead. And if the challenge isn't quite challenging enough, then you have a bonus option you could do as well. Each card has a designated challenge based on one of the three different categories. One focuses on your home. These challenges are designed to help you thrive in your household, whether you live alone or with a spouse or with children. Another category emphasizes your relationship with God by offering new ways to encourage growth in your personal spiritual life. The last category prioritizes your relationships within your personal spheres of influence. These cards might challenge you to step out of your comfort zone with friends, coworkers, or acquaintances and help you all thrive in your relationship with God. So are you up for the challenge? Visit the FCC Welcome Center to purchase yours and keep thriving in your homes and in your spheres.